Hello and welcome back to the Supercoach Champions podcast. Happy New Year. It's 2024. Supercoach has dropped. It is officially live and, and launched. You're here with Catfish as always. Uh, thanks for joining us again, uh, returning if you're returning. And I'm here with yesterday's news. No, sorry. Sorry, Matt. That's a bit rough. It is the 2022 overall champion. Uh, technically yesterday's news in so far as we have a more recent champion, but Matt, you're still the most recent champion in my eyes. How you going, mate? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Thank you. Yeah, it's definitely not reigning champ anymore. It's uh, 2022, but um, look, mate, happy to be on again and um, looking forward to the season. I know we were a bit flat towards the end of last year, but uh, when Super, well, I know I was anyway, but when Supercoach went live again this morning, uh, it definitely perked back up again. I can imagine. And what, as soon as you uh, logged on or, or signed up, registered, how many new teams have you cracked open yet since then? Look, we've had a few. We've definitely had a few. Um, probably not as many as this time last year. Um, obviously, the 50 grand was very fresh this time last year. So I uh, devoted quite a lot of time to, to Supercoach. It's, it's not as bad, but I'd be lying if I said it was my first team that I'm looking at right now. I've, I feel like the, the more I play Supercoach, the more I'm kind of like, look, let's not exhaust all my energy straight away. Uh, I did admit once the team picker that was available for SC Gold subscribers, once that launched, uh, I did, you know, make a team straight away. I didn't, go too into it, just made a team. I'm like, oh, that looks all right. I kind of just left it alone. You know, I've been obviously still researching, reading up on players and all that type of stuff, but I didn't make any other teams until then. When, yeah, literally last night when we could sign up, I logged on. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to play around. Yeah, so I did did come off a new team. I don't know how realistic it is, but look, it's fine. We've got plenty of plenty to go still in the off-season or pre-season, I, sh- I should probably say. But look, it's it's exciting times. Uh, Super Coach is back, and honestly, it's a little bit surprising we don't have that many new changes basically for 2024. So let's spend a little time unpacking that. So if you yeah, if you haven't seen yet, definitely you can log on and and register for the 2024 season now. First thing, look, no changes to trades. Still got 46 trades, same as last year. Still five boosts, same as last year. So I guess that's that's good, right? It's familiar. We don't have to adjust any strategy on that one there. Are you happy with that or are you kind of, yeah? Look, I'd rather 56 trades, um, but I think it's good. I think it felt like it was the right amount last year. People definitely burnt them early and, and got, uh, yeah, seriously torched towards the back end with the rest things. But then there was, there was some sort of more astute guys and some content creators I know that were, saving a lot of trades and hoping for, for carnage at the end and, and that definitely paid off as well so I, I think they've got the 46 trades right i still like the boost i think they add a little bit of interest um because there is definitely multiple ways to go about it i know like people love the one post origin but i just get too excited and want to smash them as soon as i can before round three before round four just go to town with them and then forget they exist personally <laughs> Yeah, so there's definitely many, many ways you can play that and no doubt that's something we'll be mulling over in coming weeks and, and throughout the season as well. Aside from that, no scoring changes, which I'm a little bit disappointed about. I'm still really, really keen to see something added for one-on-one strips. I feel like that's such a pivotal NRL play, right, that it should really be recognized for Supercoach. But unfortunately, no changes there at this point in time. And uh, in terms of the actual scoring throughout the season, it's still the same, pretty much the same setup. 
you still get your best 13 on the three big buy rounds. And yeah, I don't think there's any updates on that. So very similar to last year, obviously still 17 NRL teams, which means we're going to keep having to wrestle with that weekly buy. So that won't be any different. Now, I, I do like some of the other changes they've made. So you know, there's a lot more customization available now for head-to-head leagues and things like that. Now we get 20, I guess, leagues in so far as if you remember last year, we could only do 10 leagues and 10 unlimited groups. Now it's just 20 of anything. So you could do 20 head-to-head leagues if you want. You could do 20 overall groups, unlimited groups if you want. But yeah, there's a lot of customizability now, which I, I quite like. And you can even like, you know, add like logos and stuff like that. So yeah, kind of kind of fun little things, which is pretty cool. But yeah, uh, aside from that, I think the other thing you, you kind of mentioned that you quite like their new, uh, well, this is more for Supercoach Plus subscribers only, but you like the coach's choice. You can get teams in my league's ownership search. Yeah, the league ownership is definitely cool. As you say, there's some some um, services out there where you can also get, get that sort of information and a lot more information, to be fair. But um, building building stuff into the app is always good moving forward, right? So um, I think the, the league ownership is good. You can, you can see just how how stupid some of your uh, fellow players are, to be honest. I think one change, Will, that we are one elephant in the room is um, there is no KFC logo at the top of Supercoach anymore. It is uh, now Supercoach, not KFC Supercoach. You know what? That is really, really true. I had not realised that at all. You know, it's a bit un- bit upsetting, I guess. Like, I liked KFC being connected with Supercoach. <laughs> so did I. It, added a, um, it definitely added a fun, fun flavour to the the whole show. One thing I will say is um, my tracksuit has now doubled, if not tripled in value because... Um, it's far more valuable than now. That's like limited edition stuff. Yeah. I think I, I heard someone say they might have only done them for four years. So there's there's 44 tracksuits out there and um, look, we could get a cooler sponsor. Maybe someone else jumps on board. Maybe Red Rooster reaches out and you get uh, a red Red Rooster tracksuit. That'd be pretty nifty. And <laughs> um, I guess there's only four that have the number one on the back as well. So that probably makes a pretty cool difference too. So the one, one thing I actually really am excited about. So there's been more changes to draft this season. And look, I in, in the off season for Supercoach, I'm always playing NFL fantasy. That's my go-to now. And I every time I do that, I realize how much fun draft is. Like, I, don't get me wrong. I love Supercoach. I love the strategy behind, you know, outthinking every other Supercoach out there and trying to anyway. And, you know, sometimes it's it's interesting when we all have to ride the highs and lows of everyone captaining, you know, Nico Hines when he hits 150. And it's fun. It's fun. Don't get me wrong. But that feeling of draft where you're the only person who gets to celebrate when your player goes absolutely bonkers and your opponent's uh, player that you don't have because every every player can only be owned by one team in that league. So it's just, it's a unique feeling. And, I do really like the idea of draft. I have so much fun with it for NFL Fantasy. I really do like it for NRL Supercoach as well, but it's just not as popular. And I, I, I want to change that. I really want to push that this year. Now, I didn't I didn't manage to convince you last year to play draft, did I? I don't think I jumped into any of your leagues. I last minute jumped into a league at work and had an absolute ball. Um, as you say, that, that draft is no better feeling than draft night, right? And... Um, this year, we've actually managed to get eight guys in a league and we're doing a draft weekend. So we're actually um, making our way down to the Gold Coast. We've got an Airbnb and we're, uh, we're going to make a draft weekend of it. So 
That is oh. awesome. And and look, not to not to crap on your eight eight team league there, but look, let's let's be real. Eight teams, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We had fourteen last year. We couldn't we couldn't get fourteen people to saddle up and make it to the Gold Coast. Look, eight is probably a a, a bit slim. Oh, but, no, that's um, gonna be a that's gonna be so fun though. And look, you know what? That have you watched the league, the TV show? If not, no, I haven't. You got to watch it. It's it's about NFL fantasy, but they have an eight person league, so it'll be very apt for you. And I I'm, look, watch it. You might get some ideas for what you want to do for your live draft. So I'll leave it with that. Very good. Um, the, um, the, the the one of my favorite parts about draft is just the fact that. Like you, if you you make you can make such a bad decision and you can't come back from it. Like I, I drafted Adam Dewey first round last year and it absolutely destroyed my whole season. But I spent the whole year on the back foot trying to make it up. I never got there. But you can. Um, whereas, like in round three, everybody's trading in the same three guys in classic. Whereas, whereas drafts, you're not doing that. Yeah, you're digging on the waiver wire for the, all the dregs and when all the players get injured, and there's no there's no. It's it's exciting, but also no more deflating feeling than when you're looking at the names on the board and there's like no one left. But look, anyway, that that's not pumping up draft. It is really really fun. If you haven't tried it, absolutely, you got to try it. And they made it even more exciting this year. So you can get up to ten leagues now for draft. Before you can only get up to five. And they've made some tweaks. And one thing they've added, and it's an optional thing, where you can have an on-field flex player position. So. For someone who's played NFL fantasy, NBA fantasy, stuff like that, you're probably more familiar with the idea of a flex player position. But it's kind of like in classic, you can pick a reserve. But in draft, you can't really do that. Normally, you can just play your starting 13 or starting 7 or starting 9, however many you want to customize. But now you can actually choose to play a flex player and have extra players from that position be able to line up in your team. So I think that adds the whole new element of strategy there. And yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. So definitely get involved. And yeah, I'm keen to be lining up for quite a few different draft leagues this year. But look, that's yeah, surprisingly that's about it for Supercoach Changes. Uh, not really anything too too uh, relevant uh, in, in many respects. But that's fine because the NRL the NRL never stops. There's always something going on. And we all know that you know round one or round zero. There's going to be four teams playing some games over in Las Vegas. Really exciting times for the NRL, and I think that's great. But is there anything more NRL than the fact that we're here, you know, effectively three, four weeks out from the games, and we're hearing that players are having trouble or haven't got their visas lined up to get over to America? <laughs> it's classic NRL, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that is that is just Australian sport. To a T. Why do we get things so easy, so wrong? Just does my head in. Anyway, let's not let's not crap in the game. NRL is exciting. I'm, I can't wait for it to be back. Even though, you know, my last taste of NRL wasn't wasn't so fun for the last twenty minutes of the grand final last year. But that's all right. We we go again. We go again. Uh, let's talk a little bit about NRL rule changes, though. Thankfully, only one this year. But it is. I don't know. I'd, I'm a bit mixed on it. So if you hadn't heard, so there's now contested restarts. They're basically making adjustments. So if a team kicks the ball out in the full over the touchline or the ball doesn't go 10 metres uh, from the goal line for a, a dropout, basically play now restarts with a play to ball 10 metres out for the opposition team from the line of the kick and 10 metres in from touch rather than, say, you know, when you give away a penalty. So I 
they said the incentive was to give teams to basically give more incentive for them to attempt shot kickoffs or dropouts and, you know, try to add to unpredictability. There's some chat about it. This might reduce some of the player, you know, collisions from kickoffs and stuff like that. I, uh, I clearly don't think that's the, the driving uh, reason for it. But, yeah, I, I don't know if I like this. I mean, what are your thoughts on the, the rule change? No, I hate it, to be honest. I think um, I think incentive enough should be just get better at those short drops. Let's talk about dropouts. Let's forget about the kickoffs, for example, and talk talk dropouts, right? Because if, if a team can build pressure, Penrith have made a, uh, made a career out of the last couple of years, right? And, and three, four sets on the line, it's just too hard to defend. So that should be incentive enough to be able to try and win a short dropout um, and with the risk of, of giving away two points. Now, there is legitimately no risk. You you either start your first tackle, if you just kick it back to them, you started on the 30, and now, instead now you started on the 10. You'd almost rather defend on the 10 than the 30. So, um, yeah, look, I, I see it as, as kind of silly and, and unnecessary. Um, as you said, it was interesting. You said you don't see the player collisions as being a reason why they've changed it. To me, that's the only reason I can possibly think that they would think this is a good idea. It's just funny because, like, in interviews and stuff, Graham Annesley, like, he went out of his way to say that that isn't the primary reason for why they're changing it. And they said it's an additional benefit that possibly could change. Like, they clearly don't have the stats on it to, to say, you know, how many injuries and how many concussions have resulted from, you know, a, a first tackle, tackle off a kickoff. Like, clearly they don't have that info or they're not publishing it because... I think, yeah, it's that's just the state of the NRL at the moment. But for me, like, I just think, you know, why would you not go for a short dropout? Like, that's fine. But there's no risk to it now, right? Because if you stuff up, you're not you're not giving up two points pretty, pretty much guaranteed. Like, this, again, focusing on dropouts, if you don't go to the 10 or, or you kick it out in the full, that's a penalty. And, you know, they can score uh, two points off a kick real easily. I just think, like, now there's... You know, some, some of the teams started doing things where they would try actually, you know, if they kick the ball over the sideline, not on the full, but if it bounces and then goes over, they get the ball back, right? Uh, Adam Reynolds had a couple of cracking kicks throughout the season. Obviously, other other players would have done that too. I think Cherry Evans had one or two where he won the won the ball back. But why would you not just go for that all the time now, right? You're just practicing, practicing, where it's not a short dropout where you're trying to get the, the aerial contest happening. You're trying to boot it as hard as you can so that it lands just before the sideline and bounces over. So either they, like, what's your risk? If they if, it, if you get out and go out in full, they play it from the 10-meter 10, 10 line. If they catch it out in the full with the foot over the sideline, again, play the ball from the 10-meter line. It's not a penalty. If they, you know, if it bounces, then they've got to actually keep the ball in. And this is where, you know, they either can knock it on, they... It'll ricochet off their knees and possibly go back into the yard side. Like I, the risk reward on that play now is just so much in favor of the team doing the dropout. Like I, I know it's it's going to be hard. It's not that simple to really try skid the ball and, and get it over the line. But I, I just think the that there's you know really good kickers who can really make a difference doing that nonstop. And I I, I don't think it's going to achieve what the NRL wanted. To achieve, basically, no. Look, it's not simple to to get a repeat set either, right? So you you should be rewarded for it. Um, 
I, I remember sitting here this time last year and um, one of the real changes was the whole two feet behind the uh, behind the goal line and yeah. and we were, we were talking up Brandon Smith and, and all those uh, scurry over type plays and <laughs> I think by 30 minutes into round one that that was out the window but they didn't have to announce that they just didn't police it whereas this you can't just go back on it you've got to completely change the rule um, I don't know I don't like it yeah I, I, I just don't think it's going to achieve what the NRL wants it to achieve and I just think it's going to actually skew things in a different direction. Like I love the random ass dropouts that suddenly go 50 meters on the fly and then bounce for another 20 meters. And, you know, th- th- those kinds of plays like, uh, uh, you know, game defining sometimes and no one's going to go for that now. They're going to try, you know, kick it over the sideline or yeah, I just, I don't know, like the unpredictability of a short dropout now and then is what gives the team a chance to regather it, right? If everyone's trying to do it every single time, it's just not going to be as exciting. But anyway, that's, um, yeah, NRL-wise, that's probably the only, that's that's the only rule change, ultimately. And this this Vegas thing, round zero, round one, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think there's going to be much super coach impact on it? I think there will be. Um, I'm interested to see how they do it for, like, the lockouts and, and especially being round one or zero. Um, I know they haven't, I don't think they've announced anything yet, Um Maybe it just locks out those players from those four teams. But then some of your salary cap spent and you can basically abol- abolish the rest of your team and start again before round one. But I think there will be some implications. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I don't think there's any the super coach implications of us trying to navigate that. It's going to be very foreign to all of us, right? Because it's not something we've ever seen, a split round like that. And I think you're absolutely right, like, I'm trying to think of strategies, right? Is it is it viable just to go, I'm not going to pick any players from those four teams? So after they play, I can just, you know, play around and, and build a team and, and basically change up your whole team depending on how those players scored. If they all went poorly, then, you know, you could really shore up like, oh, this could this could have a hangover effect. I, I don't need to worry about that. I can really aim to not get any of those players for a bit or something like that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting, and then no doubt we'll spend a little bit more time unpacking that in, in coming weeks as we find out a bit more about how the game's going to line up and stuff. But, yeah. All right, let's change track a little bit. Let's talk, uh, firstly, about our group competition this year. So we are going to run it back, and uh, we're going to put up for our group competition. So this is obviously for all listeners. So this year, because they allow you to actually set when you can join the group, we're going to set the cutoff for this group this year at round five. So if you're not in our group competition by round five, you'll not be able to join. So there's two or four for that. So one, obviously, we're putting up 500 bucks for our whoever comes first at the end of that season or winning the group competition there. Uh, so you've got to be in the group before round five to qualify for that. But we've also got one of those Supercoach champion rings that are you know no affiliation to us. But the SC rings, they are absolutely fantastic. You've seen them. Obviously, they are hefty. FD rings. They're great for draft comps, uh, head-to-head comps for the winners. So, yeah, we'll we'll be giving away one of those. And, again, just like last year, whoever's leading at the end of round five, you'll get that ring. So more incentive to be in the group and joined up by the end of round five so you can qualify firstly to win the ring, but then obviously be eligible for our $500 prize for whoever finishes highest in our group competition. So join that as soon as you can. So our group competition league code for that 
is 354964. That's 354964. Obviously, we'll put this on, on socials and stuff like that, but we'll, we'll announce the code again. But 354964, jump in there. Uh, thanks to those who've already jumped in. Uh, some keen beans out there already. So that's, yeah, that's our public group. Now, we also, uh, also, we're also also running back our champs-only bonus like we did last year. So again, we're putting up 500 bucks for our subscribers, for our Patreon subscribers, our champs, as we call them. So yeah, there's a, that's obviously a smaller group and your chances of winning are much higher. You just need to be in as one of our champs, our Patreon subscribers. You've just got to be in there before round 13. So that gives you a little bit longer to join up. But yeah, obviously you need to be a current uh, member of our Patreon uh, and, and you know be there come end of season. But yeah, there'll be a chance to win 500 bucks there as well. Amongst other things that we have for our Patreon, we've got, you know, our, our Discord is our private community where lots of like-minded super coaches can chat super coach all the time. We've also got some Patreon content that comes out. I've just dropped uh, an episode a couple of days ago where I've, I had a chat with our uh, highest ranking champ from last year. So Cam, he came 13th and he basically jumped almost 200 spots in the last round because he scored a massive 1638 while others were scratching for 700, 800 points. Uh, so, yeah, that rocketed him up the rankings, and he, he it was just, uh, I think, 20 or 30 points outside of tracksuit territory. So it was close, but, yeah, 13th is a fantastic finish, and it was a really interesting chat with him. He was it was several steps ahead of me in how I'd analysed um, 2023. So it showed how he obviously uh, did so well. So it's really fascinating insight. So that's the kind of stuff you can get through our Patreon as well. But yeah, uh, obviously, if you want to be able to have access to uh, former champions giving you advice on, on your team and your trade suggestions and, and sharing info, uh, that's the only place you can really get it, uh, our champs Discord. So you can go to patreon.com slash supercoachchampions and find out more about that. All right, let's take a quick break. Roses are red, violets are blue, trim your balls and your date will thank us too. What's up fellas? Valentine's Day is knocking and Manscaped is a remedy for what the love doctor ordered. His prescription? The all new performance package 5.0 Ultra. Designed to elevate your grooming game and shine like the heartthrob you are. Join the 10 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com to snag 20% off and free shipping using the code CHAMPIONS. Fellas, Valentine's Day is coming up, and I'm sure we've all had some horror stories, myself included. There's been times where, you know, you just want to make yourself look as good as possible. But when you're using the wrong tools, all it takes is one mistake, and all of a sudden that love scene looks more like a crime scene. So well, let's talk about the hero of Valentine's Day, the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. This electric trimmer features skin-safe technology, guarding your V-Day treasure against any grooming mishaps. It comes with a bright LED spotlight. It's their brightest one yet. Oh, and it's waterproof too, making shower shaves a breeze. But hey, that's not everything the Love Doctor ordered. The package also features the Weed Whacker 2.0 nose hair trimmer, Manscaped's liquid formulations, and two free goodies, the Shed Travel Bag and Boxes 2.0, because comfort is king for all my dogs. And for a happy ending, there's Manscaped Refined Cologne. It's a Valentine's Day touch to your grooming routine. Elevate your grooming routine set the stage for a romantically smooth celebration. And for the bearded kings out there, Manscaped brings you the Beard Hedger Pro Kit, designed to shape your scuff effortlessly. It sculpts cheek lines and maintains beard styles, giving you that suave look for your romantic moments. Get 20% off and free shipping using the code CHAMPIONS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code CHAMPIONS because your grooming upgrade awaits, ready to charm your Valentine dates. 
All right, so obviously this is our first episode of the year. We haven't had a chat about anything NRL or Supercoach related for quite some time. So let's spend a little time just reacquainting ourselves, getting a bit of a, a wrap-up. So we're not going to dive deeply into all the off-season, off-season movements and all of that type of stuff, but there's some Supercoach things that we want to talk about. And look, let's start with one of my favorite players, Ryan Pappenhaus. And obviously, you know, I'm, I'm always going to go back to that well, but he... You know, there's some training footage that showed him looking quite confident, moving around, kicking field goals, kicking, practicing his goal kicking. He looks like he's going to be on track for round one. But then at the same time, I think I read some comments from, I think, uh, the Storm general manager again, where they're not going to rush him back. There's, you know, he's firming for the start of the season, but then there's some chat that he might not start straight away in the number one jersey. They might ease him in a little bit off the bench like they did last year and when you got uh, such an exciting talent like uh, Sua Falongo, uh, I think he was absolutely fantastic coming off the bench at the back end of the year. Uh, yeah, real X factor and, you know, very capable fullback from what we've seen. You know, obviously not his experience, but he can do a job, it looks like. I mean, as a Storm fan, what do you think on that? Yeah, look, I'm, I'm excited to see Paps back for for him mostly. I, um, the guy's been through a lot in, in- Call it 18 months. Um, he was very good in documenting his recovery. He um, he does a lot of things outside the NRL community. So I, I really would love to see him back and and perform at the level we know he can. Um, from a Storm perspective, look, Farlongo is incredible. Um, he, he's not Pappenhausen though, and, and I don't think without Pappenhausen we're not winning the comp. And and from a Super Coach perspective, look, if if you're uh, if you're that way inclined, you're getting him at. I think it's at least 300k discount from from where he started this time last year. He has an incredibly super coach friendly game. If he goal kicks, um, the storm the storm didn't have a great season by storm standards. So I assume Bellamy um, they don't have Castle Hill down in Melbourne, but uh, Bellamy will find a hill and, and they'll be running up it. I assume. So I guess if you assume he's starting, you know, come round one or whatever, he's named in the fullback. Jersey, is he straight into your team? No, no second thoughts about it. Or he's in there at the moment. Um, again, the, the because the two the two other guys that I like, I go on to Vegas, and, and that scares me. Um, mm. Big plane right over, big plane right back. Supposedly smaller fields. Um, so he is in there now. If he is back, if he plays a preseason game and he goal kicks, he'll be in. Anything less than that, I think it's question mark. But if he if he plays a preseason game and he kicks, he's in. Yeah, it's fair enough. Obviously, the Panthers round one is always scary. And then the Warriors, if they're as, you know, the same Warriors as they were last year, then that, that's one of the better defensive teams in the NRL. So pretty tough draw to start off with. Then you've got the Knights before round four bye, which is not fun. And then, you know, who knows what the Broncos are in 2024, but if they're anything like 2023, that's your second best defensive team. So it's not the easiest of draws, but if there's a team that Pappenhausen likes to play, it's the bloody Broncos. He loves to rack up a score on us. <laughs> yeah, hopefully that game to Suncorp. He seems to love that place. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately for Pappenhausen, that won't be at Suncorp. That, that'll that be at Amy Park, it seems like. But all right, I, I'm a bit undecided. Obviously, Ryan Pappenhausen's super fan here, so any chance I get to put him in my team, I'd love to do it. But I am a little bit worried about that starting draw as well as you know the injuries and everything like that. I kind of think you know if there's a... Good other option, uh, I might lean that way. But uh, let's go from 
one Supercoach superstar to another. So Dave Fafita obviously has been coming back from an injury. I think he's started running again, but it's, I mean, if he's only started running this week, he went under the knife for a partial pec tear in December. So you'd think he should have been still able to do some fitness, but maybe not like full-blown running. Uh, I can't imagine too much bouncing up and down is good for a, a pec tear coming back from surgery. So yeah, they, they said he's back to jogging this week. I imagine that's just a disrupted preseason for him. Do you have any, like, I'm busy straight in your team for round one as well? I mean, there's no second role, just quite like Fafita. No, when he's on, he's on, right? But uh, there's every chance he looks more like Dave Taylor than Dave Fafita right now if he hasn't been running since December over Christmas time. But um, look, he, he scares me. Uh, a pec tear for a forward is probably not the best injury you could, you could have, um, especially an explosive guy strong with his arms, fending off, offloading the ball. That scares me. Um, Bo Firmer coming back, and, and look, you have to think for Fetus sewn up the left edge after last year and, and playing outside Kieran Ford. But that's where Firmer was playing two years ago when he got his origin call up. Des Hasler scares me. So, yeah, no, I don't think he's straight. I'm not paying 800000 in the second row for the guys, the other options that are there. You can get one Sean Lane and, and one Sewell Wong or something in, for this price of one name for Fetus. And that round two buy for the Titans is quite inconvenient, even though, you know, round one Dragons, round three Bulldogs, round four Dolphins, you could argue that's quite a friendly draw. But yeah, that I think one lesson I really learned from last year is those round, early round buys, if you can avoid them where possible, it makes a huge difference just not having to stress about getting, you know, players on the park, actively planning to have players out of your team that early. Uh, I, I know I tried to run the gauntlet with starting with Tommy Turbo and stuff like that, and, and thinking I had a strategy to work around it. Uh, it didn't work. It didn't go as well as I hoped. But <laughs> yeah, something to think about, obviously, for that. There's been a few other interesting signings for this year. I find that in the, the player swap between the Storm and the Tigers, Justin Olam and Sean Bloor, obviously Olam, you'd you'd think is straight into that Tigers backline, and and Sean Bloor is firming for that left edge. Uh, for the storm although you know it's not guaranteed apparently jack howarth and, and joe chan are both in the mix there but you'd think law you know if he's fit and healthy and and you know does put his best showing out in the preseason he should should win that that spot what happened to trent liera did, did trent liera's arm fall off or something Where, what happened there? apparently he's moving into the middle so okay. yeah uh, you, he was boring he, he was he was like the most boring 80 minute edge back row you could ever dream of last year because i owned him and he was he was exposed defensively throughout the year. I think you know the the last couple of games. I think he in the finals he led in like three tries, or, or it was you know off the back of his error that I mean Toto scored two around his edge, you know off the back of his poor read. So I think that signaled the end of his life on the edge, basically. So yeah, there's been a lot of chat. He's moved into the middle, uh, which you know I guess less defensive decisions, right? Yeah, it's the, the middle must be code word for NRL. Uh, yeah. New South Wales Cup. <laughs> yeah, so look, if Sean Bloor gets that edge, I think there's quite a lot of interest there. You know, you talked about some of those mid-range options instead of uh, someone like a Fafita. But, you know, I missed out on the Eli Katoa hype train at the start of the year last year. I feel like I don't want to make that make that mistake this year. Yeah, well, I, I feel like it's been 
the last at least two preseasons, Sean Bloor's been in the talk of the town. I remember he was like 220 at the Tigers and he was going to be the next superstar and he did his ACL. And then, because he was definitely in my team early on, maybe the year that I won, I believe. I think that was when he did his ACL. And then last year he'd come back and again he was back but didn't sort of set the world on fire. But he's definitely got talent. There's people out there that watch a lot more football than I do that, that say that he could be the guy. Now, there's been a couple of uh, acquisitions of you know, English Super League players that might have some impact. Uh, one is uh, Morgan Smithies to the Raiders. We know Ricky Stewart likes an uh, English back rower, and it sounds like Smithies will get a chance with I mean, Corey Horsburgh. It will, he's going to miss the first two rounds due to suspension. So he's due back round three. So I feel like there's a, there's a real trap waiting there, isn't there? Just someone's going to think, oh, this guy's starting. He's only like 300, 350K. And I, I, got, I don't know much about him, I'll be honest. But reading, I've been obviously trying to do my research, reading up on him. Seems like he's not a bad worker, but he's not your attacking type of back row. He's no John Bateman, to put it that way. So I feel like he's probably, you know, a bit of a toilet. Maybe someone who's more suitable for NRL fantasy as opposed to NRL super coach, where we love our attacking stats and not so much to tackle bots. Yeah, I feel like, you know, that that's an opportunity that you might want to swerve on that. Do you know much about Smithies? No, nothing at all other than great name. Great. It is a classic name. There's another interesting uh, ESL acquisition of the night. So that's Kai Pierce Paul, who looks like an absolute monster of a human. Is you know I think there's some injury issues there, so he might not be locked in, but there's definitely intention for him to take one of those edges. And whether that's left edge or left, whether that's left edge or right edge, I think there'll be some interest there because I think if you think about like last year they had uh, someone like a Dylan Lucas who was there playing Eddie for quite some time. He's got actually got the center wing dual position uh, and, and the back row, so that could be handy. He's sitting around the 500K mark. Uh, I think uh, Pierce Paul is sitting around the mid-300s. So there's definitely a spot there. I think the real smoky there, hopefully. Uh, Jed Cartwright from the Rabbitohs actually got picked up by the Knights. He's got a couple of, uh, a couple of year deals there, and he is cheap and some you know in the mix for an edge spot there. So... Uh, could be interesting, something to, to to really watch out for. Were there any other, I guess, signings or injuries that you really thought, look, this this is a super coach opportunity that I want to think about and look at look at in detail. Um, I think Josh Curran's an interesting one, a, a good acquisition for the Dogs. They they seemingly are, are lacking a lot of middle forwards. That's actually where Joe is tonight. He's down at Bulldogs training with the thirteen on his back. <laughs> trying to get a middle position, but I think I think Josh Curran might beat him out for that 13 jersey. And if he does, he has an incredibly friendly super coach game and he's good to watch. So I like him. Yeah, look, it, it, he certainly doesn't lack, you know, on-field talent or ability. I think the knock on him seems to be often off the field or, you know, at training or whatever. I think um, there's been there's been a few times where that's come up. And that's, he's obviously been at the Roosters, he's been at the Warriors now, and that's it's not the best thing to hear, but absolutely agree. If he's got that 13 jersey, he's very much in the mix for that. You know, There's a lot of value in the second row this year, isn't there? I think a lot of people are keen for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can. You'll, uh, you'll start with five or six mid-range guys and you'll think they're all going to end up at 600,000. Not only two of them will end up down at 300. you just got to get the right guys. But... Um, I think it's, well, it's definitely been like this the last two years. I think mid-range has been of interest in the second row. 
Yeah, definitely. And as you say, you know, whether you land on Trent Liero or uh, Eli Katoa could make a significant difference to your team. Enough said about that. <laughs> yes, please. Or, or, or Bryce Cartwright or uh, Matt Dury, right? <laughs> so close, so close. So close, so close. Just the wrong edge. <laughs> Look, before we finish up, I mean, we could we could talk for ages. Like, there's so much. Like, I don't know. This is just like dipping our toe back into the water for, for Supercoach chat. I could go on all night, but we shouldn't. Uh, we'll, we'll ease into it. There's more. We'll, we'll obviously be back on the airwaves soon and, and – multiple episodes coming soon but to finish up what's maybe one prediction that you want to throw out there for 2024 could be nrl could be super coach related whatever you feel like what's a let's make it nice and hot and spicy a hot and spicy prediction you want to throw out there well look it's not really a question without notice because i probably should have read uh read the questions you said before but um look let's go i think i don't like the guy I really don't like him, actually. I started with him last year and he let me down. But I think it could be a bounce back for James Tedesco, super coach-wise, and a bounce back for the Roosters. Uh, I can, I mean, uh, Roosters bouncing back, I'm, that wouldn't be a shock to anybody. But, oh, Teddy bouncing back to super coach relevance, that's that's a hot take. I'm, I'm not on board on that. I reckon, yeah, look, I think we saw some real negative signs last year and I'm wondering if that's going to you know, carry on. He's not getting any younger, but yeah. Play this back at round eight. Play this back at round eight. Absolutely. That's like I said, I wanted something hot and spicy there. So thanks for throwing that one out there. But yeah, I'd be shocked if the Roosters don't bounce back. That's for sure. What uh, What do you have, mate? What do you, give, us, uh, give us your best thing in box. Actually, no, not KFC anymore. Uh, red Rooster Hot Honey Chicken. Hot Honey Chicken. Oh, you clearly eat a lot more Red Rooster than I do. I've never heard of that at all. <laughs> That's FIFO life, every uh, after the airport on the way home. Uh, fair enough, fair enough. Look, uh, my hot honey chicken take for the 2024 season, the Dolphins are going to make the finals. They're going to do it in two years, two years, I think. Look, maybe it's not such a hot take, but I'm, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to say if the Dolphins, top eight. I think they'll be closer to 17th than eighth. <laughs> oh, oh, uh. surely they just need a little bit of injury luck right if if marshall king can stay fit if if sean sullivan can stay fit yeah that's probably a good start that to me that's 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 spicy enough that's spicy <laughs> well as you say you know play this back in round 27 let's see <laughs> yeah all right it's good to chat super coach again thanks for jumping on like i said we're dipping our toe into the water there's so much we can talk about but you know in the coming weeks we're going to spend a little time not just i mean I know it's 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 easy just to want to jump in and talk about teams and reflect on each different team and, and the changes and stuff like that. I think there's so many other content creators out there who are doing such great jobs doing that that I don't I don't want to you know echo their thoughts and just rehash it. I want to spend a little bit more time thinking more strategically, reflecting on 2023. So we had a crack at a preliminary kind of you know things we learned from last season. Like Joe and I had this chat just after the season last year. We're going to revisit that, looking into more detail about what did we take away from 2023 that we're going to really carry into 2024 and just be reminded of as as key tips and tricks for us to remember this season. So we'll spend some time looking through that and then, yeah, just trying to see strategically uh, where we can get some edge uh, on some of the other Supercoach players out there. So no doubt plenty of uh, thoughts to go into that. And, yeah, thanks for jumping on again. We'll obviously get you on 
uh, semi-regularly. I know your work commitment is going to keep us from hearing you too often, but we'll definitely be keen when you'd be able to jump on. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll catch you all again soon. Bye.